Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Summit Bid Podcast. Hello, my name is Toby. I'm Kemper. And uh, we're coming at you finally with some news. Yeah. Some and camera, a, a new camera actually coming out. Indeed. There is actually a new camera. I'm trying to think the last one that actually released was. Gosh, what even has come out this year? Gosh, not uh, A1. The A1, A1 came out. Um, a bunch of announcements that haven't been actually, realized yet. Yeah, uh, the uh, GH5-2. Yeah. GH5-2. That, that did actually came out. That actually came out, right? out. It's just the same. It's, you mean, there is a lot of changes on it, but it's kind of just like a fancy firmware update. Oh, and the A7-RA and A7-R3A yep. are actually out now. You can kind of buy them. Yes, kind you of. can kind of buy them. It's a very strange situation with all that because yeah. it's just made a massive shortage on uh, A7R4s. Yeah, like indeed. you can't get any A7R4 because it seems like they just stopped making them and we're waiting for them to sell out to push out the C, the A, excuse me. The A, yeah. And then now there's not that many A's, so there's just... It's hard if you're in the market for an A7R4. I'm very sorry because it's it's a hard market and it's tough. It's tough, but and uh, that kind of you know the uh, chip shortage that we have going on may have affected uh, the the Canon R3 announcement that was mm-hmm. kind of expected today. There was a big buildup towards today, the June 29th, uh, that the uh, the R3 was on its way and it's not on its yeah, way. Unfortunately, there's an article on Canon Rumors that says I may have been wrong about the R3 announcement date, and he posted it hours before when he said it was going to be announced. So, but we do have some interesting things with the the R3. It seems like the it, the rumors are kind of locked in that is 30 megapixels, which when we were talking about it last time, we kind of landed on well that would at least be a a better case scenario. Mm-hmm. A good middle ground. Um, I don't think it will be able to shoot 8K with 30 megapixels. No, it shouldn't be able to shoot 8K. It could maybe shoot 6K. Well, it could definitely yeah. shoot 6K. It could maybe shoot like a weird, 7K like or 6 something? Point, like 6.5K or something? Six, yeah, 7K, something like Honestly, that. Honestly, if it shoots 6K, that's that's pretty cool. There's not a lot of cameras that do that right now. Um, right. there's the BMP CC 6k obviously. And then there's the S one H and that's kind of it. Right. Well, in a lot of ways, uh, 6k makes more sense for final delivery than 8k at this point. Oh um, yeah. Considering that sure. there are 6k displays out there, but there's quite a 8K few 5k <laughs> displays and quite a few, quite a few 5k displays, but not very many 6k. So I mean, 8k, excuse yeah, me, 8k super hard to find 8k displays. Yeah. So, Ooh, you could, you could, if it shoots 6K, you could watch it in full, full resolution on the XDR display. Oh, the Pro Display XDR? Oh, oh that'd be fun. Dreams. Dreams we all have. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about, well, what should we talk about first news-wise? Because, well, let's talk about the Canon lens first. Okay. So, Canon officially announced the RF 14-35 F4 today. Mm-hmm. IS USM. Um, yep. So it has uh, stabilization, which is cool. And it's a, a nifty looking little lens. Looks uh, just like the 24 to 70, 2.8, and the. 15 right. I think, to 30. It's, I think it's closer to the 24 to 105 in size. Oh, okay. So it's kind of it's smaller, um, which is nice, but uh, it comes with a price tag. It is $1,700 for an F4 lens. It's 1.2 pounds. It's like half the weight. Yeah, it's, it's light. It's nice. Uh, so this is interesting to me. Um, it's so the the wide angle f four zoom has always been kind of a, a workhorse for Canon. You know, it, it's relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this jumps the shark on that. Like, um, it's five hundred dollars more than the than the Nikon 14 to 30 ish. I actually don't know what the, uh, the Nikon 14 to 30 retails for. I will actually look that up. Um, while we're talking, I actually purchased one. Isn't it 1300? Is it 1300? Mm, I think it's a little less than that. I got one for under a thousand. Yes. You can get them for under a thousand. I don't really remember to be honest with you, but yeah. Uh, Oh wow. It's actually, uh, 1100. (laughs) Right now, uh, it's normally thirteen hundred, but it is uh, on sale on Adorama okay. right okay. now for eleven hundred. So that's nice. 
So it's 400 more and you get IS and you get 14. I mean, you get, well, compared to that lens, you get 31 to 35 millimeters. Right. So. Interesting. It's interesting. Like, it's just amazing to me that that, uh, that Canon, the RF mount is already kind of getting this reputation for not having very many value lenses. And then this lens kind of was on the horizon as coming in at a value lens. People were like, oh, okay, finally a more, like I can have my uh, my 14 to 35, my 24 to 105 f4, and I've got the f4 zooms and the 7200 f4. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we should have come and saw it coming. The 7200 f4 definitely was a little bit more than uh, than the 7200 f4 EF, mm-hmm. but still 1700 for an f4 lens like this. I mean, like you said, you pointed out that 14 is a lot wider than 16. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. So you're you're getting more value, and you're also getting the ability to put filters on 14, 14 mil, mil on a 14 mil, which that's really has nice. really made the the Nikon 14 to 30 very valuable. Um, I believe I'm guessing this is an 82 millimeter thread. Uh, I don't see it just on here. Yeah, honestly, I don't see the some of those specs. Interesting. Super uh, are super available right now. Yeah, super bare bones, but. I'm betting that it's 82, uh, which is great because that's a very standard um, thing. But uh, I don't know. I I just, I mean, if I were still in Canon, I would be scratching my head a little bit. I mean, like when I was in Canon, I was shooting with the 15 to 35, which is obviously Mm. quite a bit more expensive even than this. But even still, it's it's enough more expensive at seventeen hundred. I think a lot of people are going to be like, uh, like it's not you know it's it's not as big of a leap mm-hmm. to the two point eight, and the two point eight yeah. is fifteen. Like it's not like it's sixteen. It's fifteen, so it's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you're not giving up as much. So I I don't know. It's kind of an interesting. It may be some kind of situation where they're they're needing the F fours to kind of come in between the EF prices and the 2.8 RF prices. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're needing them to kind of be in this sort of floating in the middle because I think the RF 70 to 200 F4 is not a dissimilar price. I think it's uh, all exactly the same is what my instinct is, is that it's exactly the same. Which means we absolutely should have seen this coming. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's literally the exact same price. $16.99. So here's here's my opinion on the price. I think it is exactly as much as it could possibly be. Like, it's not really a deal. Mm-mm. No, it's but not a deal. It's also, I struggle to call it, like, overpriced because you are getting the extra functionality of two more millimeters without sacrificing anything. Right. It's 1.2 pounds. Very small and light. Like, if I was still in Canon, um, I would be very interested in this lens for, like, the vlogs and stuff as far as just, Yeah, I mean, it'd be great for vlogging because it's so light. You can put filters on it. It's 14 mil. Um, It's got IS, so it would fit, like, the EOS R. All those people out there still shooting the EOS R. Um, You know, you've got, like, a 28 mil um, in in 4K. 4K, Probably a little bit closer to, like, a 25 mil once you factor in that's not quite 2X. So... You know, I, I feel like it's it's one of those lenses where it's like if you're really just trying to put together the cheapest kit, you're gonna buy the the EF mount one. Yeah. I um, and it's interesting to me that, that Canon um seems to be leaning harder on their EF lineup than Nikon is leaning up leaning on their F mount lineup, which makes a lot of sense in some ways because the F mount was way more um, out of date mm-hmm. when Nikon switched. Uh, but the w- the actual image quality and stuff is quite a bit better still on the RF lenses. Mm-hmm. I think that when the Canon and Nikon, because they announced them so close together, their new mounts, mm-hmm. just within a month, I think. And I think a lot of people expected them to lean harder on the adapted lenses than they either of them have. Mm-hmm. Nikon has all but like they're discontinuing lenses left and right. Like they don't make a huge mm-hmm. deal about the adapter anymore. Like they seem kind of bent well, on, on moving into the Z, 
and I think Canon has still has one foot more strongly planted in in the EF mount. I mean, Canon just has more people using the EF mount, like they just do. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. they're they have one pro cinema line camera that's not EF mount right now. Almost all, well, I guess it's two now. They do the C five hundred with an RF mount option, but like. Mm. I think Canon, just because it's so much, so much bigger, such a bigger company, so many more people use it than Nikon. Like Canon's kind of stuck being a little more supportive and keeping them in the loop, and that's that's Canon. Canon always thinks about cannibalizing their own stuff. Yeah, um, it, they're very and, careful with that. And I think that Canon's maybe looking at the fourteen to thirty-five they're releasing right now, and they're like, "Well, this lens is going to be on people's cameras for the next ten years." Oh and yeah, or longer. You'll yeah. be able to get it for a thousand dollars in a couple of years, probably. Um, and by then, you know, you think three to five years down the line, when it is a thousand dollars, then maybe their DSLR lenses will be getting really out of date, where not that many people care or want them. If you'd asked me yesterday, I would have said that they would have price matched the fourteen to thirty by Nikon. I would have said thirteen hundred, mm-hmm. maybe fourteen. The, the the jump up to 17 for some reason just in my head just it feels like a jump it's a jump mm-hmm. um so anyway and we don't know when it's actually going to be in people's hands it's pre-order right now i think well, like again we talked about the chip shortage like anything could take any amount of time at this point mm-hmm. um well let us know in the comment section down below like would you buy this lens yeah what do you think about the price cuz i think that it's kind of like I said, it is the most expensive it could possibly be. I think they found that number without it being completely ridiculous because it does have features that the, I mean, does it have $400 worth of features that the Nikon doesn't have? Um, right. I don't know if it has that much money worth of features, but it does have five more millimeters and um, it does have IS. It has both of those Right, it's, the five millimeters is at the wrong end. The difference between <laughs> thirty and thirty-five is just not going to be as significant as you know. Well, no, but I guess it is a, still a difference, um, right? And it is really light for the size. Like I saw a video of somebody holding it, and it, like it looks pretty large, and it's just a pound. That's that's pretty yeah, epic. It's the is, same yeah. weight as the eighty-five f two, so it's the same weight as like an eighty-five prime, and you get. A 14 to 35. Here's what I'm I'm interested in. Now, obviously, this lens has IS. Um, how much did you say it weighed again? Do you have the exact? 1.2 pounds. Oh, yeah, so 1.2 pounds. I'm just curious what the Nikon 14 to 24 weighs because I've used that lens, and it is it feels extremely light for the size, too. And I want to say it's like 14, 1.5 pounds, so very close. So they're definitely being able to lighten up these uh, uh, these lenses like mm-hmm. crazy, especially the wide angle ones. It seems like they're uh, they're the the definitely the R and D right now is going into more sophisticated wide angle technology. Mm-hmm. So, but I did have just have one thought, and I'm like, if you are future casting the industry. Um, oh, I'm getting the, the weight. Oh, it's 23 ounces. So, um, yeah, it's a little more. I don't know why they will have it at, uh, even on the same website. It's 1.43 pounds. Okay. So 1.437 pounds. Still, I mean, wow. It's close enough. Okay. Get back on, on what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, do you think the squeeze is on 2.8? See, what I'm starting to wonder is, is like, is, is Canon future casting a little bit and saying like, hey, ISO is getting really good. Mm-hmm. And so F4 is certainly more feasible for a lot of applications that it just wasn't in the past. Mm-hmm. Like you could shoot a wedding with F4 now where you'd want 2.8 in the past. Now, you're not getting as much depth of field, but the I truth think that's is always the issue. Well, but that tr- here's the thing is, is that you're not getting as much depth of field at 2.8 as you used to either in comparison to these wide angle prime, I mean these wide aperture primes now. 
Mm-hmm. So we're talking about 1.2 and 1.4s just all over the place. Well, and they're so sharp now. And they're so sharp. Ridiculous. So is Canon like, is the market for 2.8 lenses shrinking? And I think, well, I mean, you know, it's hard to, to guess, but mm. I'm wondering if it is. Or are they trying to, like, are they trying to get people just to buy the 2.8? Like, that's something that came to my mind immediately. Like, are they pricing the the 14 to 35, kind of nudging people into the 15 to 35? Because it, it makes the argument a mm-hmm. lot harder not to jump for the 15 to 35. It really does. When it has IS as well. So you're As- not getting that advantage. Right. And it also is, like, what is it? It's a it's a chunk more, but you can get it for two thousand. Yeah, you can get them for two thousand. So, you can get them for a little under if you're willing to go slightly used. Mm-hmm. My guess is that that there's uh, fifteen to thirty five. Not right now. Not with the way that the market is right now. But a year ago, um, I think I I think I bought mine for a little under two. I think it was like nineteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to go out on a limb and say that there's, they're not available for 1900 right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there, it's just not going to happen with the shortage. Yeah. I'm seeing 2199 and, uh, 2299. And so quite a bit more than that, yeah. but yeah, anyway, but still you're right. But maybe they're just trying to figure it out, but I could see like, okay. So if you're a wedding photographer now, mm-hmm. like you could use 2.8s. You're going to want 2.8s in your bag, but I don't know that you're going to be able to lean on them as much with the 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 bokeh and the wide angle. I mean, the wide, excuse me, I keep saying wide angle, wide aperture mm-hmm. primes. Like to me, like now where it used to be, if you were a wedding photographer, you'd buy a uh, 2470, right? Mm-hmm. And right now I'd say get a 512. Mm-hmm. You know, similar price, and you will do a lot better with it as a wedding lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder if if Canon's like, you know what? The 2.8 market is shrinking a little bit, and video F4 is in a lot of ways more useful for video. You know, mm-hmm. you get uh, uh, you, the lens is a little smaller and lighter, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you don't have to have as precise autofocus and all mm-hmm. that you're not dealing with things is out of focus in your shot and stuff. So I just wonder if maybe the, the 2.8 trend is, is maybe going to not be as viable because like, you know, 2.8 on a 2470, for instance, right. Mm-hmm. Is still, it's just not the same as, as a prime with a wider aperture. Right. You know, or even the F2, the 28 to 70 F2 on, mm-hmm. on Canon RF mount. Like even that is just a notch more, you know, impressive, the shots, the look. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think that to differentiate from some of the more uh, like smartphone photography and stuff, I think we're going to see wider apertures and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Shots you couldn't get with a with a phone. Yeah, I guess um, I think that the other thing that can always get a little, uh, what's the word, easy to overlook when you talk about lenses this expensive and stuff like in Canon's head, right? The 15 to 30 is actually like $600 more. 15 to 35, 15 to 35 F 2.8 is, is quite a bit more expensive. And when you actually start like pricing a system together, like you start thinking, well, I want to do F fours. I wanted, or I want a Holy Trinity. Maybe I don't need F 2.8 or maybe I want certain primes and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you start building out a system, you start getting $600 multiple times. Or in the case of the um, 70 to 200 F4 from Canon, it's actually $1,000 or $900. So when you start mm. pricing out a system, you start finding that there's a lot, you're saving much larger amounts of money. When you isolate this lens with the 15 to 30, it's like, well, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And the the problem for this lens is you can always pass that downwards. You know, you can save $600 right now by buying the EF mount version. Um, Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. if you're with a different system, which both... Sony and Nikon both have very strong players in the wide F4 zoom lens arena um, that are like $600 cheaper. So I think that there's, 
you know, and there's pros and there's cons to the price on, on this on this lens, I think, for for Canon as far as just kind of positioning it in their lineup. They have the um, ability to say that it's, um, you know, they have the ability to have a, a but more budget option in their system. And then this one's kind of the step up and then the 15 to 35 is the step up above that. So um, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see where the value goes on these lenses, though, whether they're able to maintain that on the secondary market. Right. And fair point, the Sony 12 to 24 F4 is 17, almost $1,800, but it's 12. Well, and 12 is just a huge difference. Huge difference between 14. Huge difference. It does have a bulbous front element, though. No filters. Right, no filters. So, I mean, I guess, you know, if you're making that argument, but again, um, I'm seeing them on Adorama used for $14.59. So, like, you can get them for less. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying about buying the system. I don't think it's that common for people to just buy the system. I think they add pieces over time, generally. But you are right that that like if you're if you're buying into the RF system, give a little, take a little. I mean, you if know. it's just like a like even if it is in a vacuum, five hundred dollars is a lot of money for equipment. Like mm-hmm. it, that's a, a thirty five. Um, I think it's a thirty five one eight. Uh, the right the Canon thirty five. Well, it's mil. um. But so is 700 to jump from the 16 to 35. And like if I was a, a, a Canon shooter trying to like if I was a, a, a enthusiast landscape Canon shooter trying to get a wide angle lens, I would be like, gosh, just give me 16 to 35 and take $700 off. Mm-hmm. Like that's what well, I would be. But it's there. Like you can buy that lens. Right, But the EF lenses are not as good as the RF lenses. I mean but, that the sixteen to thirty five is not known particularly for being awful, and I guess you've no, got to I'm sure trade it's good. Something I'm sure it's good, um, but yeah, like you like you're gonna trade something for saving that much money in the end, I guess. Right. I just but, think that uh, there's a decent amount of people who would say the two millimeters would be what they would trade, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, we should probably move on to to Nikon now. All right, so Nikon has announced three items: the silver sixteen to fifty kit lens, um, and then a Nikkor Z twenty-eight millimeter f two point eight lens with some vintage styling. Right, and then uh, the main event, which is their new camera, the Nikon ZFC, which is designed off of the old. Uh, Nikon FC, right? Is it, was it the FC? Is that what it's called? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but of course they're old. Everything was F. So right. I think that that's kind of what they're going for. Like the Z F and then the C may be, um, compact. It may like, who knows what it stands for exactly. Um, but it is a, in my opinion, very nice looking camera. I think it's the best vintage at the very least, it's the best vintage-looking camera because obviously other camera companies have tried to do this, including Nikon before, right? With the DF, yeah, the <laughs> um, ill-advised DF, yes. And uh, of course, Fuji's whole business model is centered around these vintage cameras. And you know, we don't have one in our hands right now, but just the way that the leather looks, the leather wrapping, the way that the um, just the metal looks on top. Which it is metal. It's not plastic made to look like metal. Mm-hmm. It's actual metal, which is that, that to me is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a magnesium alloy. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting move by Nikon, which I think very much plays into where I think Nikon is going as a company. Um, it's very, I think it's a very smart, clever move on their part because for one, they're the this is the first time that Fuji has really seen something come into the market that's going to take a chunk of their market share. Um and uh, I, I it will be interesting to see how Fuji responds to this because mm-hmm. like to have Nikon come in and release something that's uh very 
close to an X-T4. Like, it's not being talked about how close it is. It doesn't have all of the video features that an X-T4 has, mm-hmm. but it has a lot going for it that an X-T4 doesn't have. Like, you know, huge, uh, a growing uh, full-frame lens support. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the APS-C specific lenses that, that Fuji has, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's just got the zooms at this point. Right. So, but which brings up another like interesting point we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure, about the 28 mil. But right, right, which is it's interesting that they're selling this as a kit with the new uh, 28 to 8 and the the 16 to 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting they're doing that uh, because old film cameras used to be the kit used to be a you know a 35 millimeter film camera and a 50. Mm-hmm. That was the kit. The a fifty millimeter was the kit lens, and then that twenty eight is like between a forty and a fifty, very close to a fifty. Mm-hmm. So they're really going for that that true vintage feel um, for people buying the camera. It has the flip screen, which uh, kind of flips, uh, has kind of a leather looking back. I don't know whether what the texture is on it actually in in person. Although one uh, short video that I watched says it's very similarly textured to like a film camera. So it's, you know, very keyed into offering you that vintage experience, but at the same time, basically being a Z50 mm-hmm. um, with a, with a, the correct kind of flip screen. Yeah. You know? They fixed the flip screen, which is very important because the Z50 flipped down. Um, if anything, like they just kind of honed the Z50 into a much nicer camera of course the z50 you can get it for quite a bit cheaper than the fc right now yes yes you can um Um, i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of fcs out there though i think i would be surprised if nikon didn't have a winner on its hands because um it really does play and and you know i can i I think i've talked some on this podcast before where what i think nikon's long-term business strategy is which i think is very um, it's, it's smart. I think, I mean, it's definitely in a lot of ways the riskiest, but like, uh, I think they're really targeting, um, enthusiasts and professionals with their cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to make the entry level cameras, um, that they used to like, you know, they used to have their huge DSLR business was making entry level DSLRs. Yeah, the D thirty five hundred, fifty six hundred, seventy, so many two hundred. Like they had a, so many different levels of entry level cameras. Right, so many levels yeah. of entry level camera, and then the Nikon Cool Picks was you know a huge mm. thing, and I think Nikon they did two things when they switched from. F mount to Z mount. They switched mounts, obviously, to mirrorless. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is I think they switched emphasis from the whole spectrum mm-hmm. to enthusiast and professional. And I think that that Canon and Sony are still going to try to blend that. But I think when you look at uh, that at the Z cameras that they've released, they're not releasing anything that's not going to be usable by a, or excite an enthusiast or a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this particular camera is kind of a masterclass in that because they're like, well, why do people buy cameras in 2021? Mm-hmm. They're going to buy cameras because either it's their job, it's part of what they do, and mm-hmm. they want really top-of-the-line professional stuff, which, granted, Nikon has not addressed head-on yet officially, I think mm-hmm. the the Z9's coming and, and other Z8s, you know, the uh, the Z7 uh, and Z6 series are are definitely professional cameras, but mm-hmm. they're not like pro pro, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But the the FC, the other thing is that well, people will want to. It's fun to use a camera, mm-hmm. and so they went and made a super fun to use vintage classic looking. Mm-hmm. Nice looking camera. Nice looking camera that everyone's going to kind of want. These are going to be popular with people who aren't camera geeks mm-hmm. because they're going to be like, wow, it's this cool vintage. It's going to have this authentic feel. It's got all the dials on it, but yet it still integrates um, 
modern features for, mm-hmm. per, you know, it's a great vlogging camera and you're going to look pretty cool using this old film camera to vlog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's a smart move on, uh, on, on Nikon's part. And I wouldn't be too surprised to see full frame getting integrated um, I think it's into this classic series. It's kind of obvious, I think, because the twenty-eight is is a full frame. Is a full frame lens. lens, yeah. Uh, since the twenty-eight is a full frame compatible lens, and it has the, I would say, much more minimal uh, vintage design. Like the the honestly, if you showed me the front of the Nikon DFC, I might I might not know it is a vintage, uh, a modern digital camera. Uh, but the lens, it's kind of obvious. It looks definitely a little bit more... Uh, well, it's a classic look. Um, there's a lot of Nikon lenses that look that way. I I can't think of what they were called, but it's a certain caliber of lens. That looked, yeah, it's the AISs. Yeah, they had... Um, there's just something about it that doesn't quite... I think it's honestly that the uh, it doesn't have an aperture ring actually on it. Yeah, um, yeah. That shows like the different apertures and stuff. Like There's some really cool stuff you could do with that. And like you can tell from the front, it has a very modern looking front with the very small uh, piece of glass letting the light in. It's oh, just, yeah. It, yeah. But it keep in mind, everyone, it has a plastic mount. It is not a nice lens. That's not what Nikon's trying to say about it. It's right. built to be a kit lens with their entry level camera, basically. Right. Um, so, but since it's full frame, and I believe we can confirm that we've confirmed it is for it, it is, is full frame. Yes. I think that means there will be a full-frame version of the ZFC, probably a Z6 type camera mm-hmm. coming I, soon. Probably next year. Probably yeah. mid to late next year is would be my guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would be awesome and super smart. Oh yeah, I think honestly, there's a chance that one would sell even better than this because. I think that to care about the vintage look on the camera, it maybe you want a little you you have a little bit more enthusiast vibe going on just mm-hmm. to be like, oh, like I like that it has the dials, like I want to shoot manual. Like the camera's built to shoot manual. It has all the dials on it. Right. For you. Yeah. Um so I Shutter feel speed, like speed, ISO, what exposure we, compensation. Exactly. What we might see happen here, which is something that I'm kind of excited about, not necessarily that I would buy this camera. But picture a full frame XT4. Boom. Oh gosh, like, that would be awesome. fun. Like that would just be really, really fun. And I also think, like, no offense to Fuji. I love the way Fuji's cameras look. I just feel like Nikon's pulled off the vintage look in a way where the Fuji cameras, and maybe it's just because we're used to looking at them. I think they look great. Mm-hmm, they do. I think that the the main thing to me though is is they do have a little bit more of a digital camera with some vintage flair going on. Right. Whereas once again, except for the dial on the front, the little scroll reel dial on the front, like from the front of the camera, you cannot tell that it's a digital camera. That it's a digital camera. And to right. me, it that's even super has cool. the the little um, the old school style uh, LCD display display that only shows the aperture. Just right on the top, mm-hmm. so you can you can change it like that, and that's cool. Now, one thing that's going to be interesting is is that if they do go that direction, they'll have to have some full frame. Other full frame lenses have vintage style because I don't know how the Nikon Z lenses are going to look on this camera because they're mm-hmm. ultra, like they're not. Um, they're they're very kind of plain but very modern looking. Yeah, it's kind of strange that we kind of have Nikon going with this ultra modern sleek vibe, mm-hmm. and then this, which is actually I want to talk about that in a second too. There's a lot to unpack with this because I think we are kind of seeing the direction Nikon wants to go with these right. two extremes. We right. have the Z9, which is very obviously pro 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 pro. Like you yep. only buy that camera if you know you're gonna make. 20 grand off your camera that year. Yeah, at least exactly. <laughs> or more, you know, like right. it's a professional tool. And then on the other hand, you have this, which is, it's a really excellent toy is what it is. I think you can use, you can use pretty much any camera for professional, for professional stuff. We can get into arguments about that all day. Right. Um, oh yeah. But 
it's it's a real it's a luxury toy to play with basically and i think that's i think it's great i think if you're gonna buy a something fun and spend your money on something kind of luxurious i think a nice camera is a good place to do that so right. i don't diss that at all but right well and then it's something different it's not trying to compete with your cell phone mm -hmm. and you know uh, someone who and again it's that crossover between consumer to enthusiast and it's just enthusiasts and professionals are who are going to be buying cameras ongoing mm -hmm. because like i like iphones and all the other cell phone manufacturers they were there they've dialed it in like mm -hmm. all it is is refinement on this point on getting consumers but most people are happy shooting they're they're never gonna buy a camera for a vacation now mm -hmm. they're never gonna buy a camera for when their kid's born they're not gonna I mean they might buy a camera to shoot kids sports but again that still has always been that next level most expensive mm -hmm. more expensive right so that's just not people aren't going to do that. Or, so they're or they're only going to do it because they want kind of the experience of using a camera to capture those moments. Exactly. I think a lot of people do right. kind of want that. I do think a, a decent amount of people do, and I also think that eventually people are going to see. The, I mean, the law of diminishing returns is going to hit cell phone cameras hard. It already mm -hmm. is. Oh, they're not going anywhere. They're not really going anywhere. The last few years, anyway, they haven't changed that much. Not that much. And, you know, like portrait mode, like that came out. Is that like four years old now? It's, Maybe more. It's quite a few years it's old. It's quite a few now. years old now. And it has not gotten better. <laughs> In some ways, I mm. almost wonder if it's gotten worse. <laughs> um, or maybe we're just less impressed by it now. We're like, oh, yeah, it's a portrait mode shot. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, and it just doesn't. The blur doesn't blur the right things a lot of the time. Right. Oh, well, and then there's no, um, like, it's not on a spectrum of, of blurry to sharp, right? Mm -hmm. It's either blurry or sharp, mm -hmm. right? And there's just weird lines and, like, it'll blur certain things. Like, like take out your, your iPhone if you have one or, or other camera that has one and just play with it for a few minutes. And it, I... I'm almost willing to guarantee you, you will be able to get something wonky to happen within 10 shots. Oh yeah. With the, like, <laughs> with a portrait mode, with portrait oh, mode on yeah. anything. I, yeah. I honestly think it's, it's pretty likely in two shots, but I'm not willing to like promise that because it right. does work sometimes. And it's like, Oh wow. Like that's really cool. And then you point right. it at something else. And like, for some reason there's a chunk of their arm that's blurry and, and oh, the rest yeah. of their arm shot can be sharp. super weird. So or like weird. if they're wearing a shirt with a face on it, have you, have, have you seen that? Like if oh, you're wearing yeah. a shirt with a face on it, it will randomly, the, the face will be sharp on the shirt. Mm. And like, anyway. Yes. Yeah, so to kind of like loop back around to what I was going to say about kind of that modern thing, something that like, if you had told me that Nikon was going to do this, I would have been like, Oh no. Oh no, that's going to be so dumb looking. Um, right. This camera comes in a bunch of colors. That's right. I had forgotten about that. Yes. So this camera comes in. Let me see if I can get this right with all the different colors that it comes in. So it comes in white. Now, what changes when the color changes? I think this is actually cool too. There's no black silver version of the cameras. Like the metal parts, always the silver, oh, silver. Uh, chrome vibe. So it's just the leather that changes color. And they have white, I believe, pink. Yep. They have teal, yep. gray, um, like an earthy brown tone, and then like a light tan. Yep. And then, of course, black. Um, and is black is what's available now. Yes. The other colors are coming soon. And it's just, I think, now I am somewhat colorblind, so I am seeing something that's a little different from everybody else. But for whatever reason, the exact colors they picked, I would use any of them. Like I know, they're really good. They're like, really good. <laughs> they, they did a really excellent job. They did. And uh, they all, it's really smart, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Like, I would like... I'm just like you. If you told me a week ago that they're they're going to have coming a bunch of different colors, I was like, "Oh, come on, what's going on?" Mm -hmm. But they pulled it off, and this is they they found something that's going to be cool. It's going to be trendy, and not just with camera nerds. Mm -hmm. Like 
people will see these and be interested in buying them who maybe wouldn't be as interested in buying a camera because what they're selling here is the experience, Mm -hmm. which is not like, you know, it's, you don't, there's the experience of shooting pictures with your cell phone is horrible in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. I mean, in my opinion, like the, you know, the, the pressing the button on the touchscreen and, and like, sure, you get a good big preview of it and that's great. Like, mm-hmm. that's nice. But, you know, it's designed to be a phone, mm-hmm. you know, and a mini tablet. Any more, they're mini tablets more than their phones. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not designed to be a camera. Like, the, the, the ergonomics of it and then your relationship with it just is not great. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you get the lenses super dirty, which is something that I deal with all the time whenever i try to take a picture mm-hmm. it's like i have to clean the lens oh, off stop clean stuff. the lens yeah. yeah yeah and you know and the pictures will and the other thing is that this may actually like we're talking about them going from moving away from consumer but this may actually i think consumers will buy this camera a certain type of consumer right mm-hmm. and then they're going to see the pictures that come off of it and they're going to be like oh wait you know, cell phone cameras aren't all that in a bag of tricks, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they have their limitations. Having a larger sensor actually does things mm-hmm. um, from a physics and technical point of view. And uh, that, that cell phone cameras will never be able to fully replace, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as sensor size go there, you know, you can only get so big of a sensor on there. Well, and if they did replace it, like the thing that people miss is if they did replace it, you'd have to start sacrificing the phone function and it just starts Correct. becoming a camera. But it starts becoming a By camera. By degrees, yeah. it's becoming a camera. And I think it's similar to that idea of like, oh, like I remember feeling like laptops are going to kill desktops. Like there was just no place for des- desktops in the future. That's true. And they, laptops have eaten that market down a lot but in the end there are there were people who used cameras because it was the only option like those people existed Mm -hmm. there was no other way to take pictures so you used a camera like kind of no duh you used a desktop because there was no other option right and in reality the future things that come along they serve you better they serve you know phones will serve a lot of people's photo needs better yep uh we've probably talked about this general idea a lot on the podcast but i think it's something that's just overlooked is that there is a subsect of people that used cameras because they loved taking photos mm-hmm. using a camera. And they're Enthusiast. going to pay money. They're going to spend money, like I'm going to spend money, to get a camera that I can, you know, to maximize quality, to maximize function, mm-hmm. all these different things. And just like with desktops, how they still exist, like there's just a type of person or a type of situational need where the the dedicated device is better. Like, I don't want to get email notifications on my camera. I just don't want that. Right, exactly. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be trying to take a picture and get a phone call in the middle of it. You know, like, yep. I, I take pictures with my phone almost every day. Yep. I do. Like, I'm not opposed to smartphones. Yeah, the ratio of photos of my daughter taken with my iPhone and my camera... Mm-hmm is humongous and you'd think oh i'm a professional photographer i've probably got my camera out all the time like i've actually people have said that like oh yeah and the truth is is that like the pictures i take of ren i want to share like Mm -hmm. i want to immediately text it to my wife oh my gosh look at this cute thing that ren just did Mm -hmm. like you know obviously i do um like we you know we did a, a snow shoot we went out into the snow with a sled and did you know took great pictures of her with my professional camera. And that was a lot of fun. Um, on Easter, her first Easter egg hunt, I brought my real camera and, uh, and took pictures. Right. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that, um, the, the, the use case of pictures that I take of Ren, it just makes so much more sense to be able to share Mm -hmm. them and and have them in the, in the photos app and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like there's, there's a, there is a place for both. There is now, with the ZFC specifically, um, I think that, like, I could see buying one of these. I'm not saying that I will or that I have a thousand dollars lying around to buy one, mm-hmm. but a ZFC with the 28F 2.8, like when Kemper first mentioned that, I was kind of like, oh, like 28, that's weird. But it is APS-C, which 
if you do the math, it comes out to like a 40 mil, which yeah, is kind of 40, perfect. 43, 44, something like that. Mm-hmm. So when you think about like, oh, like I do video, my camera's a video camera. It's all streamlined. Everything's just kind of centered around that. I'd love mm-hmm. to have a fun stills camera. Mm-hmm. And this is a fun stills camera, you know? And yep. you get this and you get the 28 F 2.8 and, you know, it's just, you can just go and have some fun. You can take it to, you know, maybe you can grab a few more pictures of your kid than you would otherwise. But I think it's more about just having fun taking photos because they like, once again, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you've probably heard us say this before, but the act of having a camera, I think can, especially if you like cameras and you like taking photos and you're mm-hmm. pretty good at it. And you're it pretty good at it. Enhance your experience as opposed to, um, uh, what's the word? Detract. Detract like, from it. Take away. Yep. For some people it takes away because they don't want to worry about the shutter speed. And this camera is terrible for those people because you know, it's well, got it all on. And that's what I was there, just going to say. So something else that's gone away from consumer cameras or, the consumer line of cameras that goes away is the need, a huge selling feature on those entry-level DSLRs and the Nikon cool picks and all that stuff. The Canon mm. Rebel series was how easy they were to use. That was what was in the commercials. That was, you know, it was like, it's a camera that does everything for you. You don't need to worry because people do get intimidated by cameras. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. that's That's gone Nikon doesn't need to spend a lot of time holding your hand with this camera. Mm-hmm. And it owns that because the person buying this camera is going to want to le- either learn how to use it, mm-hmm. which in a lot of ways, a camera like this is going to be a great way to learn. Having dials on it that are separate, separate out the exposure triangle, mm-hmm. right? It's going to make so much more sense to explain the exposure triangle mm-hmm. to somebody when you're like, this dial does this, and then you... Well, you're not, just, you're not just pointing at, like, if you're not just pointing at numbers on a screen. Exactly. You're uh, you're able to say, oh, then this dial is going to change this on the camera. Right. And then it's really easy, uh, you know, a month later after the person's been using that exposure method to be like, oh, when I buy the Z6 II or whatever, upgrade to it. Oh, there it is. There it's just, it is. It's, it's in the camera. There. It's all um, in the camera, which for a professional, like... As a professional photographer, it would drive me bonkers crazy to have to change the dials. And I'm sure you can, in the settings, change it where you're doing that. But, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I do it without thinking the way that a modern professional camera is Mm -hmm. designed. But but if I were learning or just for fun, like, there's a huge, the tactile feel of it. Well, and the camera still has standard dials. That's something that I think is fun about both uh, both Fuji and this camera is they still have the basic front and rear just dials dials yep. so you can use it you can't ignore you can essentially s- treat the top dials as an aesthetic if you really right. wanted to right i don't really know why you wouldn't just buy the z50 at that point um but i mean i get it they look cool by the way which color would you get um actually here let me look at them again because I, I want to say this well, but well kemper's looking instinctually I mean, I, I, I like the the way the black looks. It's got kind of the, the Darth Vader. But I actually think that um, I'd probably go with that light brown or the white. Mm. Um, I would go with the teal because it's my favorite color. Yeah, that makes Or sense. the dark brown. Those those would be my, my go-tos. Yeah. My least I think favorite, I might do the white. My least favorite is the gray. Yeah, the gray is... Although... Uh, they have kind of a, a staged product picture with the gray and it actually looks really cool in like in use. Yeah. See, that's kind of what like, there's a part of me that just kind of wants to like see the camera in person. Cause I feel like we're, we're hard serving how cool it looks. And I would just be really curious to oh, see yeah. like, no. what does this thing really look like in person? Does it really shine like it does in the pictures? That's something I'm, that's interesting. I'm going to gonna have a hard time not having this camera wander into my kit at some point mm-hmm. um, because it actually does. Um, I had a Z50 that like it just wasn't um, being useful enough. Um, I mm-hmm. sold it because it just wasn't being useful enough. But with the flip out screen like this, um, I don't know. I, I, I could definitely... Like as a as a video camera, and that's the other thing is that it does video very well. 
That was what I think that's honestly what Nikon missed with the DF is they totally removed video functions yeah. from it yeah. as though like people didn't care about and video. And this this is still 100% as they didn't take away any major video features. It even has like uh they added a uh record button on the top. Like they're just mm. not um they're not taking that away from you to be able to have it be a really good video camera. I even love that the modes are, are is a switch, not a dial. So the dial changes the exposure, stuff with the exposure, but it's actually switches to change all the modes. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, we've probably um, geeked out over this camera enough. I, I think <laughs> that the that the the big takeaway from this camera for our listeners, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you just want a fun camera and like go buy this, it's, it'll be great. You'll have a fun time. Is it's the direction Nikon's going. It is. And I think yep. that the fact that it's 28, that the 28 F2.8 is um, full, frame. full frame, like I think there's going to be a full frame version of this. And in a lot of ways, if there's a camera I'm a little more interested in, maybe yeah. like it, it kind of comes more into that, that realm because it's just like, then it's, it's like this Nikon Z6 II as a stills camera is incredible. I loved the Z6 II. Um, I liked the Z50 too. I've used both of these cameras and I like the image quality off of them mm-hmm. and all of that. So if like, if you combine that, n- n- Fuji's going to be in trouble, I think, because that camera is probably, it's probably a couple hundred dollars more than the Z6 II, maybe, or it's oh, the same it price the and same a year, price. And a in a year, year older. Yeah. So I deal. think, I think it'll be a year Older than this, it will be the same features as the Z6 II. It will be exactly the same as the Z6 II is now, mm-hmm. but it will be a year older, so it'll be a little cheaper. It'll yeah, it'll either be a little cheaper, or the increase in price for like the build and everything might might go into just the specs right. being a little bit older. But that camera is something that Fuji isn't making. Really, nobody's yep. making right now. Right is a really fun two thousand dollar full frame vintage styled camera. camera. Oh and my gosh, that they would, would sell be so many of them. They really would fun, but would. Um, you know, I think it it's going to be interesting to see. I think Nikon's proving that they're being they're trying things out. You know, they're we're going to have to kind of see where they land, but they definitely do have a a a, a very modern styled lens lineup yes and camera bodies like the the z9 is very modern slick looking so it's kind of hard to know like exactly how all of that's going to go together but i think that nikon kind of knows they they this can only be an add-on if they want to compete they need to provide pro cameras that's right well and it's so. only smart to like Nikon's smaller than Canon and Sony. They're, they're not as big of a dog. They're more, the company's size is closer to Fuji. Mm-hmm. So in other ways, they should be competing with Fuji. And I, I think that Nikon does not want to give up their professional thing. They very much, it's a point of pride that like NASA shoots with Can, with Nikon cameras, right? Mm-hmm. It, like it's a point of pride that, that like some of the most famous professional photos ever taken were taken with Nikons. You know, it's mm-hmm. a big deal to them. And I think that they, they want to be professional and they're like, we're a small enough company. We can't, they're not going to be able to do the infrastructure to have all the consumer stuff. That's not selling. Right. Mm -hmm. And they may not have all the infrastructure to do a professional video body and a professional Mm -hmm. high level stills body and be at the absolute cutting edge of, of all of these different, arenas and I I think that if you shoot Nikon you're gonna have to accept that probably Canon and Sony are gonna have an edge most of the time yep maybe you save some money because that's what's happening right now you're not paying 3900 or 3500 for the z7 II right and you're getting a very capable camera and I think that's going to be what Nikon's focus is is giving you quality capable cameras at right. maybe even a little bit cheaper but you're not going to get the absolute top unless you buy the z9 um unless exactly unless and that's what i was going to say top, top unless tier. you buy the top top tier i think and the top i i really feel that that nikon 
is not going to release a, a pro body without having it be a pro body. The, the Z9 is going to be... The only arena that worries me a little bit with that is I think we're going to have to see what they do with video because they've been willing to kind of put the specs in there but cut some corners with the video. That's true. That's true. But Nikon's not a video company. They're adding video in over time, but they're not, you know, production companies aren't using them very often. Right. They're using Panasonic, Sony, and Canon. So, you know, Nikon has a long ways to go there. I think they've got a good start there too. So, right. Like, well, and they definitely, they also, they have the advantage and it's, you know, it's been said before that they don't have a cinema line to cannibalize. Mm-hmm. So at some point they could position themselves to put things in some of their, um, their stills bodies that like Sony and Canon just won't do. I mean, I guess that depends on, cause there's also Sony and Canon have the advantage of the cinema line where they are spending their R and D and getting paid for, and then they can loop that down into their, right. Their Correct. cameras. And, the S3 has very few like hold holdouts over their cinema line. But yeah, I do think that there's no reason why Nikon couldn't make the Z9 like a bonkers crazy good video camera, except that can Nikon afford? Can they make it make sense? Can they make it reliable? All those kinds of decisions. Correct. And that's up to yeah. Nikon engineers to figure out. Um, and right. uh, we'll have to see when finally all the specs are out about that. Right. But well, the other yeah. thing that Nikon's killing the game with is their lenses, mm-hmm. their lenses, just the image quality coming off of them is I've used Nikon, Sony and Canon, and they're just a slight cut above. Mm-hmm. Um, they just are they the image quality, the image quality. Like there's things about like the, the, the Canon 7200 being small and light. Um, but they just like, like I said, I've shot with all three, and the Nikon lenses are just a above. Mm-hmm. But and that actually segues into that uh, we um, are about to or have just published a. I published a review of the twenty four seventy two point eight S lens mm-hmm. for Z mount, and uh, so uh, would appreciate it if you go check that out and see you know yeah, my feelings. Sure. I mean, obviously, I think I just spoiled that it's going to be kind of positive, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're also out of time time today, so you should go on ahead over and and yeah, and, and do that and watch it <laughs> and watch uh, it because we have already probably gone over the amount of time we had because we were too excited about the. Uh, uh, it's kind of weird that we got excited about the ZFC, but considering that, I mean, like I talk about that, I kind of want it. Probably chances are in the end we'll we'll never probably get it. I'll certainly won't like shoot with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think the problem with this camera is is that to just add a little negative note here is that the worry for this camera is is that it's it's hitting a, a bad compromise between quality and um, actual capability, and there's just not enough people out there who want this kind of quality at this price point, but also don't just want more. Uh, like ibis and full frame mm-hmm. and for you know 4k 60 and all of these little details that are missing i think a lot of vloggers are going to especially travel vloggers are going to yeah. get this camera nikon i will shoot a summit bit adventure with this camera if you send it to us <laughs> oh my you sent it to a bunch of other people i will shoot one i will leave my s3 at home well my thought is is that is that like it's it's so cool looking, mm-hmm. so the the camera can be in shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm thinking like travel vloggers and stuff like that. And as a travel camera, I mean, it just looks so. It wouldn't surprise me if the uh, twenty four two hundred gets a a uh, vintage redo like the sixteen to fifty did or yeah. or something like that. All right, all right. We are officially done. So (laughs) we're officially done. We will see you on the next adventure. Next adventure.